Welcome to Real Herbalism Radio. Real herbs, real life, real easy. Now, a word from our sponsor. This show is brought to you by Occupy Medical, free integrated healthcare for all, Sundays 12 to 4 in downtown Eugene, Oregon. Welcome to the Chicken Show. And the short name would be Chicken Chat or Chick Chat. Chick Chat. No. Chick Chat. So chick today chat. we're going to talk about the uh, what we've done with chickens in the last week. Um, all things chicken. Chicken feed, chicken toys, chicken mm-hmm. dust apparently, and everything else that's chickens. Uh, we're also going to talk about some companion animals and go over a whole bunch of chicken books. So this is the, the chicken Herbal show. Lab Chicken Show uh, add-on extra, even more than the original show. Chick chat. Mm-hmm. Now here are your hosts, Candace Hunter and Sue Sierra Lupe. I'm Candace Hunter. And I'm Sue Sierra Lupe. And, and welcome, welcome to, to Real Herbalism, Herbalism Radio. Radio. Yeah, we're talking about the chick chat idea and we're thinking we might just have a section. I think we should just do chick just chat chick and chat. do that for our like a regular thing. society and we should do that just a regular little share stories about the chickens. Yeah, a good excuse to tell chicken gossip. Because I could totally chat about chicks. I know. All the time. All the time. All Lots, chicks, all, all the time. Yeah. All chicks, all the time. All the time. Yeah, I but just for spent, this time. I just spent a week. You tasked me with reading six books. I did. Six I did. chicken books. You are welcome. One week. Seven days, six books. Full of adorable. Ding, Stock ding, ding. full of I adorable. Did it. I yes. did it. Can you believe that? So what was your, uh, uh, we had this, we got the stack. I'm sitting right here. There's a big honking stack. Listeners with this stack of them. Okay, so the easiest book. The easiest book. Is called Poultry Breeds. Oh, let's pull this one. And Poultry Breeds. Poultry Breeds. Po- the Pocket Full of it, Poultry. It used to be called Pocket Full of Poultry. The newest version by Ooh. Carol Icarius is Poultry Breeds. Okay. And it covers a whole lot of chickens. It's like a Sears Roebuck catalog awesome. of poultry. It's awesome. I think this one may have taken me the longest just because I would sit there and like go back and forth and stare at them. And then I'd find myself staring out the window and thinking about how lovely this chicken would look or that mm-hmm. chicken. I have an outfit that would match this chicken. And then I got to the ducks and the geese. Oh, yeah, there's that your soft really, spot. Oh, See, yeah. I was the lovely. listeners uh, let you know here, uh, Candace and Patrick have had ducks in their past. Yes. I do. We, we have. We, we were. We were once duck owners. They were yes. once duck owners, and I have yeah. been still recovering. I've begun the negotiations with the current flock of chickens on mm-hmm. potentially raising up some ducks. Yep. But this but. one, this book also doesn't. I just have chickens, ducks, and geese, and turkeys, and turkeys, and the turkeys are kind of cute. Oh, they that is not the, the words that they I was thinking cute. of. I think turkeys are really cute. Yeah. For animals that look like they have their intestines on the top of their head. Okay. But I, I have a fear, I tell you, of of geese. I was attacked by a goose once. Yes. Anybody that's been around geese has and probably I been attacked. Stood him off. And he kicked up the and the entire flock of like I think there were thirty or forty birds. They totally respected me after that. Yeah. They saw me coming and they'd make like they'd make space and I'd watch other people walking on that particular path like mm-hmm. ahead of me. My, Slipping on the goose poop. They couldn't get through. The geese wouldn't, it would like make them leave the path and go around. But when I came through, it was like royalty. They just parted. It oh my awesome. word. <laughs> they rolled out the red carpet with their little beaks. You know what the best part was? My basset hound of the time, he was a boy with a real high tail. So he was like all that in a bag of chips. He'd hide behind my legs whenever we walked through the geese. Oh, <laughs> My grandmother had a chunk the size of a quarter out of her knee 
I'm goose. Yeah, they're they're mean and they're they're they great. They're, I think they're better for guarding a flock than yeah. a dog. They are personally. I've, I've read that in many spots mm-hmm. too because they they will not leave off. Mm-hmm. And people don't know what to do with them. They're kind of unusual with a dog. Like, oh, just throw them some meat or something or whatever you do. with Hose yeah. them down. Geese, they'll just piss them off even more. Yeah. Beware yeah. of the guard goose. Beware <laughs> of the guard goose, no, yeah. No, no. There's a yeah. reason why it was Mother Goose mm-hmm. that we all listen to. That's right. Very protective. Often pissed mm-hmm. off, for sure. <laughs> so that was that was by far the easiest book to read. Yeah. And it was enjoyable. And it really. was, there wasn't a lot of actual information. It was very basic. It was like skeletal text. Yes. You know. It is. It's mostly a daydreaming book. It is. That's wonderful. So I highly recommend that. Yeah. Just for the sheer photos. And they have just pictures of the feathers themselves. Yes. Absolutely gorgeous. And a little bit about them. You know, it's nice. But, okay, second favorite. Okay, so my second favorite and the one that I would have on my shelf if I could only choose one, in all honesty, is called Living with Chickens by Jay Mm. Rossier. Yes. Everything you need to know to raise your own backyard flock. I like this one too. It was really easy to read. I mean, and I was amazed at how he's got a wonderful storytelling sort of narrative, Mm -hmm. but yet he's putting all this technical information so you can use it as a resource later, but it doesn't feel like the reading about how to plan out your chicken coop, including all kinds of technical details. It does not sound like a very fun topic. Sounds really dry, really boring. Mm -hmm. He made it enjoyable. Yeah. Which I like. I really, really appreciated that. And uh, and at the and the picture, the cover that we have here is a picture of chicken butts. Yeah. Which for <laughs> those that have chickens know that's that's the biggest thing that you see most of the time. What's up, chicken butt? There's a chicken butt. Yeah. It, the photos are beautiful. This book that uh, I personally have here was given to me by my mother. Nice. So she went when I got chicken. She was all excited because we lived on a little chicken ranch and. Starting off with my adorable, they were pets. Yeah, they were pets. Wow. They weren't livestock, and so she was all excited. And she's a she was a folk artist, so this was just something to to paint. Uh, I think it was my chickens were a year old, and then she gave me a toll painting of the, my first two chickens that she Aww. painted herself. Still, still hangs in our living room with their names on it. Aww, Ooh, so I know, <laughs> so good. So living with chickens is a nice one that spans both if you're backyard urban mm-hmm. or if you're country and looking for a small flock for a variety of reasons. Right. It's so different raising a small flock than a large one. Yes. It's completely it different. Your attitude towards them changes. Mm-hmm. You know, a real a, a, pets. Okay. Yeah. You, cause you get to know them. Yeah. You get to know yeah. them personally and they have interesting personalities. And and for the the faint of heart, keep in mind this does include uh, butchering. Yeah, that one includes butchering and and raising chickens specifically for meat, raising mm-hmm. them for eggs, you know, raising them as pets as well, with a little bit more emphasis on slightly larger flocks. But I mean, he treats them with with care and love. Sure. So Gotta that's kill cone. yeah, that's really well. I mean, just the way that he talks about them. Mm-hmm. He's engaged and it's not dry and clinical or detached. Right. It's, or mean. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So if you're looking for urban chickens and you're not even quite sure that you want to do pet chickens, but you're really like enjoying enjoying the idea of chickens mm-hmm. and you're living in the city and you think you may want to, there's a book called Keep Chickens by Barbara Kilar- Kilarski. Kalarski. Kalarski. Sure. Yeah, it's a pretty it's a pretty one. 
if you're planning, thinking about chickens for some kind of industry, don't don't do it. Don't bother with this one. But if, if you're, you're thinking, thinking about chickens as pets, should I have a chicken? Yeah, or if you're thinking, oh, I think I'm going to get chickens and they're going to be like pets. Right. This is a wonderful book for that. Yeah. She gives you everything you really need to know to keep chickens in your backyard, in the city, mm-hmm. even if you live on a relatively small lot. You, know, you don't have to have one of those luxurious, large suburban lots. Mm-hmm. You Could can be have... Pretty small, a small space is what she's focusing on. Yeah. Now, this one was my least favorite book. I and can see that. The reason is because, uh, you know, for one thing, I got it. Uh, way after I had had my chickens for such a long time. So most of the information in there I, I didn't need. Right. This is really very much beginner. It's a very, very much beginner. And some of the stuff that they talked about in there, I was like, what situation do you need this information for? They were talking about teaching chickens to roost. I'm like, really? Is that yeah. a problem? I wondered about that. Maybe it is a problem, but it's never been a problem for my chickens. When you have ducklings, for instance, you don't Mm -hmm. have to teach them to swim. They Mm -hmm. just know. How they know, I don't know. But they figure it out. They know what they're doing. Mm -hmm. So I thought, oh, do you really have to teach baby chicks how to roost? I was surprised. Yeah, just put a pole in there and watch their curiosity. I don't know. Figure it out. I don't know. But But either way. Maybe you've got some, some, some chickens that don't have a lot of roosting, roosting, rooster, uh, uh, instincts or something. I don't know, but I never no. had a problem. What about, so we got three other chicken so books here. If you're interested in learning more about chickens and let's see, this one was called Hobby Farms Chickens by Sue Weaver. Mm-hmm. This section, a small scale flock for pleasure. And yeah. Yeah. And that this one, this one did a nice job of going between um, small, like urban size flocks and really, you know, close in countryside. Right. You know, right. I, I felt like she was really aiming at talking about maybe a, a flock of maybe 10, 20 birds mm. rather than four. Right. Right. That's true. Because she's got things about candling and stuff yeah. like that. And if you've only got a couple of chickens, you're not, you're not going to hope you're not going to have a, yeah. a rooster or different things like that. Yeah. Most of us aren't going to really bother to incubate our own eggs no. in the city. We're going to just no. go to the feed store because honestly, you only have space for three, maybe four chickens anyway. Sure. If you had like a 4-H kid. Yeah. This would be this an excellent be one for a 4-H kid. One mm-hmm. of the things I really loved was that she specifically listed out the vitamins and minerals that they need for a balanced diet. Oh. Which mm-hmm. I liked. I liked that a lot. That is a good point. She also had some really wonderful tips for if you have a broody hen and you wanted to add some chicks, how to get your broody hen to accept a set of baby chicks that have already hatched. So without you went to, killing you. With, yeah, exactly. Without <laughs> killing you. And then how to get her moved to confinement without, again, you know, being pecked to death. Right. Right. Because they will do that. It's very true. And she did have an interesting section. And I thought being a parrot person, a mm-hmm. parrot keeper, I know that first aid kit, actually, it sounds crazy. Why would you need a first aid kit for a bird? You know, mm-hmm. honestly, but it's actually really quite helpful. You Does know, she have the? She has an actual first aid. Kit? Yeah, she's got oh. a first aid kit laid out for the goob in the toward the back, and it explains what you want to keep in it, and a little bit about how and when to use the various parts mm-hmm. of it. It's mostly a conventional. You know, there's not necessarily herbs and herbalism in right. it. It's gauze, right? Cotton balls. 
Yeah, but the the stuff that she has in there, you know, I look just took a quick look through and I thought, ah, you know, I can see how I could adapt this list with some herbs yeah. that would make sense. And things like uh, Vet RX is uh, actually has uh, herbs in it. Right. It's just already pre-done, it's pre-made. which is pretty nice. That's one of the components she yeah, added for that she So that was one it. of the mm-hmm. things that was unique about this book that I did not see in any of the others, and I really liked mm-hmm. that. And she also includes things like Bach Rescue Remedy, yeah. uh, the Wound Powder Herbal Wound Dressing Antiseptic Spray, or Ointment. So that's a that's a very good that's a good yeah and a flashlight just got the basic stuff like that people forget about you oh yeah probably want a flashlight if you got to look at a vent or something like that yep yeah. or retrieve a chicken in the dark yes yep and they uh, she also includes uh, your veterinarian's phone number now I have never called a vet for a chicken but I have that former uh, large flock mentality. If right. your chicken is sick, then you separate it quickly and kill it. Right. That's yeah, my that's thought. But do. if they're and your pets, it's going to be that, different. And that truthfully is the essence of the advice that was given in all of the books that were really aimed toward not urban pet level chicken mm-hmm. keeping. I mean, that's, yeah, that's, that's the general, the farmer mentality. Exactly. Yeah. Right, right. So I, I have that little piece, unfortunately, that and some people... It is interesting with. getting that mentality on both sides of it, where we we have friends that are of that farmer mentality, and they're like, you know, two and a half years, they're out. Right? Yeah, those chickens are good for the pot now. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm thinking to myself, well, another friend of ours has had chickens for eight years, and they lay just fine. Yeah, yeah. You know, but I think the difference is that they're laying and producing and producing and producing, and then he can see where the taper off is. And since he was selling eggs, suddenly they're not making money for him. Right. So now they're going to become a, a roast or right. a chicken in a pot versus right. you know chicken in the in the hen house. Right. Yeah, that's so very true. It's a different mentality. Just, Backyard is. chickens really aren't money makers. No, no. they are pets, no. and they are they they have an expense. Yeah. Sure, they do. Just like well, just yeah. like any other expense. I mean, but if you think about it, chickens are actually probably less expensive. Long run. Oh, sure. Than a dog. Than a dog. Than a dog. Absolutely. No, are. not probably. They are. They are. I can <laughs> tell you they are. They are. From the initial Dogs cost of a, of, of a dog, if you end up you know, buying a dog, mm-hmm. uh, to uh, vet bills and all the yeah. other things that go in. Well, with a chicken, you know, you've got the coop expense. You know, mm-hmm. you've got the, the initial for feed. and how you, But once you do that, like you said, to you don't. You've never called a vet for your chicken. I never you know? have. No. Yeah. And, and the coop actually lasts quite Quite a long time. Yep, through yeah. many generations. Right, say a good so, coop lasts you at least twenty years. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, well built one. Yeah, well built one or one. You, yeah, lasts you a long time, it, so you don't see it. I mean, it's it's kind of like when you buy a um, a bird, like an exotic bird, a parrot, like you, you, a parrot mm-hmm. or whatever, or a cockatiel, or yeah. yeah, that's a big upfront. I mean, in Amazon, like what we have for Kiko, if you were to go to a, a breeder, you're looking at like a $1,200 purchase. Ooh, just for the bird. Just for the bird. And then, the and then the cage. cage. And then you got to add the cage. And a cage can, of the larger bird size three, is- Three, 400 or more. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, 500 to 1,000. Depending on- Depending yeah, on how large your bird so is. if you want an exotic bird, you're already at the you know, twenty-five to $3,000 level and mm-hmm. you haven't had it for a day yet. Wow. But on the flip side of that, that bird usually- if with the right diet and care, will go 50, 60, 70 years. Sure. Right? right? And probably and rarely see not, a vet. not need the vet. Rarely mm-hmm. see a vet. Mm-hmm. So. But the dog, oh, you pick him up off the street and he's just costing you money every day. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. Within the first two years, I think, you end up with, 
the you know the same cost you put into your chicken coop you've already spent on your dog's veterinary care and right. feed and everything else and you know i mean it yeah. just adds up fast and licensing yeah and if you keep the closer you keep your chickens confined the more expensive they're going to be right you know which is why you have people taking their chickens to the vet the yeah. the amount of room that i have been able to give my chickens means that they've you know they're they're plump i don't have to buy any fancy foods for them uh, my fancy food is the chicken block that they sit on that I get from the feed store. Yeah. <laughs> I dig through the compost pile. And then on the other side of our fence literally was our other neighbor who had you know, like the size of one of my closets. That's how much uh-huh. room they had to run around in. That's not enough. The whole time. And they got they, – I mean I just watch them every year. They'd be one that would die out mm-hmm. of her flock of three. Yeah. You know, and she, after a while she just got tired of burying them. So – yeah, that's how we ended up with the stray chicken. Who, <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, when she saw her again, I was like, "Wow, that's that's a different chicken." Well, I can hardly wait until we can let ours into Run the yard yeah. and doing you know yeah. their work and being in that area where they'll be get exercise and bugs and variety. And that was one of the things where the um, keep chickens by Kalarski, which was very much pet oriented. Mm-hmm. She had some good tips in there in terms of how to manage that, especially when you've got a small space like my backyard. We don't have a lot of grass in part because the grass dies because the ground is just it, – it gets muddy oh, yeah. in the winter. And, and it, you step on it. And you step yeah, on it. And then, yeah. and then the, it doesn't – it's becoming clay-like. Right. So my original plan was to just start converting it into wood chips and things like that mm-hmm. and put raised beds in and, yeah. and whatnot, which is still part of the plan. But it's not a very huge space. So I'm thinking, oh, how long can chickens realistically graze on this? Even if this was lush lawn, it's not a very large space. Mm-hmm. So my original plan was that they would have – I would give them more limited time. Not wake up in the morning and run out to the yard and you spend the entire day in the yard. More like the last two, you know, maybe two or three hours a day that they'll have the entire yard. And mm-hmm. then otherwise, so they still get their greens. Yeah, so they get their greens and they have plenty of time, but that way it keeps it interesting because things, you know, they don't have as much time to be getting bored. Oh, okay. You know, that's with a parrot, that's one of the things you have to keep entertaining them. You have to keep giving them new toys and new experiences. Mm-hmm. And I've got to believe chickens' brains are that different. Probably. Well, they do have the, they had chicken toys in the feed store that you looked at. They you know, did. they had the ball with a little bell on it. And, yeah. You know, there's, there was, yeah, and a lot yeah. of the treats that they had for these chickens encourages their their uh, foraging behavior. Have, you don't need to sure. encourage it. Well, I mean, <laughs> according to some of the books, apparently some of the some breeds some won't. breeds that are dual purpose mm-hmm. or meat laying breeds uh, have been bred to their natural foraging instincts have been bred out of them. Oh. Whereas the, and so like Orpington's potentially, although I don't think that's going to be a problem with ours. I'm trying to remember the names of the other breeds. Mm-hmm. Well, you're like you're, that, but yours are already scrounging. I yeah, mean, you, mine you are scatter fine. it and they're running all over the place. And that's another thing that people don't understand sometimes when they bring a chicken in or a couple of chickens, like they keep seeing them, their personalities clashing, as mm-hmm. it were, and one of them is the top chicken. Well, there's always going to be a top chicken. There's always a top chicken. They're very hierarchical. In, in micro in martial arts, we do what's called sparring, which is fighting. Uh-huh. It's called sparring because roosters spar one another because right. they've got spurs and they spar and they right. fight yep. to be who's in charge. Uh-huh. And hens do the same thing, just yes. a little bit differently. It's more pecking. And, but Yeah, and one know, of them will try to get all the food. 
Yes. That's exactly. And they're like, oh, my chickens are so mean to each other. Well, you know, they're chickens. Just, they're you, just being chickens. Try putting them on a behavior plan. Right. You can yeah. try that. There's a hobby for you for the rest of your life. But right. they're just, that's the way they're going to be. So that's why yeah. you scatter your feed. Right. So that one yes. doesn't get to sit on top scatter of all the feed it. and yeah. eat it. Wide. Yeah. Nice yeah. wide. Right. Yeah, exactly. Let them, like you guys have straw down there. Yeah, we've got, I put straw down. down They've got things to look under. Yeah, I figured Mm -hmm. that would, because I didn't have straw down in the run for a while. Mm -hmm. And I noticed that they were, they'd get the seed and they'd eat it up really fast. I'm like, well, you guys need to be working a little harder for this. (laughs) Yeah, you got to work for this. This isn't enough. That's right. Did you do your dishes? Yeah. You got to work at it. We feed the chicken and we open the gate and we toss it in there real nice, you know, so I watch Sue feed our chicken. She comes over with the, with the thing of food. She just slams it through the thing and just through scatters the bars. everywhere. Like, Where's the care? Where's the love? It's like getting yourself. <laughs> but it's, you scattered all oh, over. So they were yeah. everywhere. Yeah. And that's, yes. yeah. You yeah. thought yes. I was a monster. And it no. could be true, but, but at the same time. Well, I, I gently throw, toss it out. Oh, you, no. just, you just flick it through there. It and got just, on them. It got on like, them. Oh. And they're like, oh, yeah. my God. Yeah. Well, I mean, to be fair, I partly, right now, I'm doing the kinder, gentler thing because uh-huh. I want them to get comfortable with me. Right. I want them to start seeing me as Mama Hen, as the one in charge, as the one who brings good food, uh-huh. as the one that you can get close to and it'll be safe. Nice. You know, that's, I want them to. Like, yeah, whatever. You know, yeah. Well, <laughs> if there's an injured chicken, when it's time to trim wings, you mm-hmm. know, I want it to be easy. That's true. Well, keep <laughs> in mind, who's the person that, that has lap trained chickens? I know. The one that tosses the feed, huh? That's right. me. That's you raised me. yours from, from chicks, right? The the first couple I did. Yeah. yeah. See, I'm inheriting already fully grown and established hens. Yeah. The so. one that is still lap trained is the one that I had to lap train as an adult chicken. And that was because because you the other person rescued her. I rescued her. Yeah. See, but so was, she's got a reason to be eternally grateful. She better. These adult hens had a pretty good deal before they me. Did. Oh, so I I'm the one who got lucky here. So I have to make sure I declare myself top of the pecking order okay. here. All right. All right. <laughs> so there was another book that I read, Keeping Chickens. Keeping Chickens. Uh, by Jeremy Hobson and Celia Lewis. Mm-hmm. That book beautiful. is visually beautiful. Yes. I really enjoyed the pictures. It was amazing. See, that's – Wonderful that's, photography. You know, but that – it was a very. It was a. I love the photo. I love the photos. I mean, amazing. I really did. But, it, it, but the photos were inspiring. It, oh. it was not a bad read, but it's clearly they're clearly conventional in their mm-hmm. approach. There yeah. was quite a few mentions of using chemical sprays of one sort or another for disinfecting or uh-huh. dealing with mice or light lice, which or we whatever. know you don't have to do because we're herbalists. Exactly. Exactly. We've, we've got that, so you don't have. Like I'm not going to spray on something on my chicken, for the most part, right? Or on their bedding, or, or on that their I don't want to put in my mouth. Because yeah. I mean, they're I'm yeah. At the end of the day, yeah. they're making yeah. eggs, and they're yeah. making eggs from everything they put in their mm-hmm. body. Yes, and everything to which they're exposed, and those eggs are That's you know right. going to be on the bedding. So if you're putting all this chemical dusting on the eggs on the bedding, then it, or on their nesting box, and so it was things like that that I was not as fond of in terms of the text, mm-hmm. um, but. Seriously, this is a book to have on your shelf just to look at. It's pretty. The, it's beautiful. And there's a lot of really neat angles. And it's the kind of thing that gets you thinking, that gets you inspired, you know, with different ideas. Yep. And they have these cute little little projects in the back yeah. about 
uh, egg cup cozies. Yes. Because you never, you might want your eggs to be cozy, sure. so you got to make them to look like they're ador- It's adorable. It's yeah. adorable. And how to, you know, the Easter eggs and feather printed cards and feather jewelry and all of these lovely things. And then, of course, recipes. So it's, it's <laughs> super so cute. After, after you've done the art, then you can eat them. Then you can yeah. eat them. <laughs> then you yes. can eat them. Yeah, but it is a beautiful book. And it is. This was a one that my mother gave to me as well. And that one, I, I do spend a lot more time just looking at the pictures and reading the text. Because okay. I had the same thing. It's like, what? I'm not doing that. Right, yeah. I'm not doing that. Right. The the last last one. Everybody probably that has chickens (laughs) has the Stories Guide to Raising Chickens by Mm -hmm. Gail Damerel. Mm -hmm. It is a really good book to have. It's the Encyclopedia of of Chicken And if you have any questions, any need for any kind of technical information, Mm -hmm. if you want to know what grain to use. And why. If you're making your own seed and and why. why. Yes, it's going to be there. If you got 500 chickens, yeah, this is your book. If you've got 30 chickens, this is 10 chickens, mm-hmm. 12 chickens, this book is definitely for you. It's a pretty important one, but dry. If, yeah, if you're looking for an, an enjoyable read, this is not the book you for you. Long will turn to sandpaper. It, it, it is. It is a text. Yes, it is a text, and it lives up to the story guide series. Mm-hmm. So it, it really does deliver the technical information, the details. Um, Damero, Gail Damero is clearly quite knowledgeable and oh, quite yeah. experienced, yep. and she clearly cares very much about her hands. Mm-hmm. So it's not you know cold, dry. Horrible. It's not mean. It's just not exciting reading. Right. It's not like living with chickens, which was enjoyable to read, even when you're talking about feed ratios. Yes. You know, this one is not the feed ratio section is much more robust, mm-hmm. but it's not as fun. Life's little irony is the one that is made for pastures is not pastoral. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderfully put. Yes. Thank you. Thank well, you. I always think when you get into raising any any animals for for food, eggs, or or whatever, there's this. I don't. I won't say dark side, but there's side that everyone glosses over. Mm-hmm. No one wants to talk about. You know, it's even when you have a dog, which is that you're gnawing on their body parts. Well, <laughs> at the end of the day, if they don't lay an egg. You I'm should eat them. them. Yeah, but uh, no, it's like uh, they can get egg bound. Oh yeah, yeah, right? that's a lot um, of. There's, there's, there's that. that. Uh, if you do have to, um, the cannibalism and pecking yeah, the cannibalism. Oh yeah, they're cannibals. They, you bet yeah, they are. right. So there's all these things that you, that it's like there's this glossy part of owning chickens, and it's I'm harkening back to you know pioneer days, and it's this great thing. Mm-hmm. But then when you go out there and you see them and there's – They're fierce they're, little creatures. You know, they got claws and there's egg binding and then there's the, – you know, oh, 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 you're bleeding? I'll oh, eat you. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you know? right. yeah. Uh, um, it's, and, and that's that, 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 that side. You right. Know, that Even you, chickens know they taste like chicken. Yeah. yeah. Even chickens. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and I just – it's always one of those things where I, no one ever talks about those in the top ten reasons to own chickens you know, or whatever it is. <laughs> you, you never hear the – that part of it, that that down in the dirt, this is what it takes to raise. Even these animals. simple things mm-hmm. like that whole pasty butt thing. Pasty oh, butt. Right. What is yeah. that? See, no, that's another thing. The right. pasty butt. Pasty butt is dried poop uh, against a vent. the The poop will just stick right there, and chick baby chicks can die of it. 
Yeah, because they can't. Because it blocks their poop. That's like it's like a poop cork. See, that is like no one ever talks about that. Steroids. Man. It might be in that book. Oh, but, oh yeah. yeah. But no one ever right. says, you know, I over coffee. I got I got chicken with pasty butt out there. No, yeah. they don't. Not, no one ever yeah. talks about that. Yeah, that is true. It's they a don't. very easy thing to fix. Sure, yes. you just soak that little bugger off. And I think. Just about all of these books does cover that. Mm-hmm. How to fix that. It's very common. What to do if your chickens decide to start eating their own eggs. Mm-hmm. What to do if they start picking at each other and how to avoid this in the first place. Mm-hmm. At the various levels, most of them talk about how to avoid it at chick level, at pullet level, and at full grown level. Mm-hmm. You know, so I mean, most of them are talking about how to deal with these things, but yeah, you know, the shine is off the apple when you actually get the critter. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. that's just it. You know, they're not just. It's just like puppies grow you know. up. People mm-hmm. don't realize puppies grow up. They become dogs. And they have yeah. all the dog things that go with them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Including the you know, teenage glands bad, and the teenage bad attitude, and, the smelly days, you know, <laughs> you know the barking at the neighbors incessantly every yeah. day just because they wear pink shoes. Talking to you, Jasper. <laughs> right. It's, it's those things that you, you just don't know until you're you're in it. And yeah. That's the funny yeah. part about it is that everyone wants to get into it, but then do you really want the commitment part of it? Yeah. Right, you right. And one the, thing to, the dark side to it. Yeah. It's right. the dark side to it. And a lot of people do not – they A, they don't know about it. They don't know about they it. They don't want to know about right. it. And so right. they get into it and then they're horrified, which, you know, for instance, my neighbor would be a good example of it. Yeah. She got into it and she's like, whoa. That's gross. Yeah. <laughs> yes, it is. Yeah, that is gross. Yeah. Occupy Medical is a free street reach integrated health clinic that demonstrates by example that healthcare really is a human right. We're an all volunteer clinic of doctors, nurses, herbalists, and others working together to heal the community. What kind of donations are you guys looking for? We need vitamins, herbs, socks, toothbrushes, and of course, good old fashioned money. You can find a complete list of our needs and contact information at occupy-medical.org. Occupy Medical is a 501c3 nonprofit organization. So I took a trip to the feed store. Right? I took some pictures because there were some things that I mentioned to Sue that she just laughed about. Box of yes. dust. A box, box of, of dust. dust. Yes, they Which really have can, that. You can buy a you bag can buy of dust. A bag of dust. A chicken dust. Chicken dust. You know what I'm getting you for Christmas, right? A bag of chicken <laughs> dust. Oh. Uh, yep. You can buy. Yep. Why didn't we think of it? Well, you know. It's one of those. (laughs) Had I known you could sell a bag of dust, I would have done it. Organic dust. It's out there, folks. And and I was chuckling at the nesting box blend of... I mean, Herbs. It's an herbal blend to put into your nesting box to keep it smelling fresh. Mm -hmm. And to prevent... It's like underarm deodorant for chickens. Yeah, so to prevent um, insects, apparently, like... Fleas and mites from one which can happen. Space, which can yeah. definitely happen. We don't have it as much up here in the north because it's it's wet. So the thing you're looking for is fungal problems. Yeah, that's the big thing. But which this blend isn't going to really help you with? Not, yeah. <laughs> not going to help. Then they don't eat this. It's just as in their in their in their box. Or do they? Eat yeah, it? it's you put it. What you're so the way according to the label, what you're supposed to do is strew a bit of this down with their bedding in the coop every time or in the oh, okay. house each time you. Okay. You yeah. Clean, but it's it. not something they're actually eating, really. So no. Well, I mean, you know, I mean, they could. They could. But, but tansy, eucalyptus, I'm yeah. not feeding that. And, and a lot of these yeah. are mints, p- 
peppermint. Right. Those are all anti-fungal, yeah, anti. And they're not going to eat that. Yeah, they won't eat that. They don't like things in the mint family. But it's interesting. Uh, we, we noticed the theme on the aisle of this, the feed store that you went to. It was chickens as pets. Yes. Yeah, I went. The packaging to, was completely, you know, not you know farm based. It was all you know chicken as pets. Yeah, mm-hmm. my the feed store I went to is in town here. Mm-hmm. Where we are in town is to say we're on the edge of farm country would be stretching it. But well, except just it's, just spitting it's, distance is that yeah. blueberry farm. Yeah, it's like so this is you Oregon get into the, suburbs. You get into, yeah, you get the close in <laughs> country really like within a mile or two of the store. Right. But they also serve very much city folk. Right. Mm-hmm. So you can go in there and buy, you know, dog toys and dog treats and dog costumes, for God's sake. Mm-hmm. And, you know, all the crazy, silly things that you might find at a local Petco. You can mm-hmm. find that at the farm store. But you can also find horse tack and pig feed and goat. Whatever it is you get for goats. Yeah, it's a full farm store. Stuff. Right. I mean, yeah. Goat know. nail polish. Yeah. 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 And you yeah. can find your, you know, you can buy your hay and your straw there. You can, it's mm-hmm. got garden, you know, you can get plants and starts and all of that kind of stuff. Right. And, you know, it, it's, it's yeah. a farm shop. It's a farm, farm shop, shop, but it also has things for pet chickens. And this yes. is exactly what this is. Now I'm chuckling about it because although I have pet chickens, I don't re- I don't treat them like pet chickens in that I buy them fancy things. Right. So and it's true that I'm probably going to spoil my chickens horribly, but I mean, look at the way that I keep everybody else. Sure. You know, our dragon, he like nauseous on luxury vegetables every day. Mm-hmm. I dust his food <laughs> with calcium Whoa. powder. He comes out with me and we, you know, he he spends time watching out the window. Right. You know, he, he's he, that and that's a bearded dragon, right? My parrot, you know, she's got all kinds of fancy toys. Mm-hmm. Never mind that she prefers most of the time to rip up the newspaper piles I put in there, mm-hmm. all but, over the place. Yeah, but she's got her fancy toys. Yes, you know, my fancy toy for my cat is a fresh cardboard box. Yeah, and I put it <laughs> by the fireplace so he can get in there and rip it up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I I'm, I tend to be more, you know. Silly city girl, fancier, yeah. fancier stuff. But you do make but sixty pounds of dog food every month. Mm-hmm. Every month, I every make dog days, food. You make sixty pounds of yep. your own dog food. Yes, I do, mm-hmm. and I chop fresh vegetables for everybody every day. So you're going to start so making rolling. suet blocks for your chickens. I probably oh god, will. don't the smell will be wonderful. You're welcome. Will. Going into you're next fall, welcome. that'll probably yeah. be a no, well, recipe. Yeah, she'll like. We go to the store and buy suet. Oh, I probably will. That would be so delicious. In fact, smelling. I probably have some in the freezer now. Oh. Suet in the freezer? There's a good chance of Well, it. and you've got just, grains right there. I know. I, I mean, could easily make that into a wonderful little block. And you I can, can just get, get peanut butter. And like you got those spent grains for your brew beer. Yeah. yeah. Just put a little bit of oil in there, freeze it, and there you go. Yeah. That's you know? a good idea. That's a go. good idea. Yeah, that's all you got to do. And I can form it into so balls. So chicken popsicles? So that yes. they'll like popsicles. They'll form it into ball shape cutters. so that if they try to peck at it, it rolls around and right. it provides entertainment. That's right. See, I'm going to be making my own treats pretty soon. Mm-hmm. Okay. Here it goes. So I don't need to go to the store for that. No. See, and that's the practical herbalist way. As <laughs> we see the fancy things, we make fun of them and then we duplicate them at home. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> what else can I do with this waste product? <laughs> yes, exactly. But yeah, no, it's fun doing things for yes. for your birds, and they are they are yes. pets that yes. at some point provide eggs for at least a, a short period of time. You know, and, and yeah. just because for my chickens, just because they they're not producing eggs right now because it's winter doesn't mean they're not valuable to me right you know i don't have that expectation of my cat i haven't taught my cat how to knit or crochet right he just sits there in his little world uh thinking terrible thoughts about us i'm sure yeah but that's why take over the world yeah but that's why your chickens also lay for longer they're not pressured they're not right. pressured. Yes. They're right. not a factory. You know, right. you know, it looks like that inside, but it, they're not a factory. They're in not your a house. factory. Yeah. And yeah. you know that that period of time or this time of year, they're not going to lay. Right. Yeah. And you're not pushing them to lay. You're right. not you know, adjecting it with you know light yes. and making it warm so that they can. Right. right. Our other friend, that's what they did. You know, yeah. so obviously, you know, two and a half years of constant laying. It takes a toll on a woman's a body. It does. So, uh, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, the, I mean, my chickens, their job is to get rid of the snails and slugs, ultimately. Right. That's what – and I still have work to do to create the space so they can have a safe work environment mm-hmm. that's ergonomically developed for them. And the wireworms. <laughs> I had trouble with wireworms before I got chickens. Wireworms. Yeah. Wireworms. They're the ones that like if you have radishes or a root crop and you'll see these little holes that are kind of nipped into that's from wireworms. Oh, into the into The, the little uh, ones. Yeah, yeah, even underneath the ground. Yeah. So yeah. that's from wireworms. So they go zipping through those and they'll they'll eat the, the mm. wireworm larva yeah. before it becomes a problem. There's a lot of different things that they they have done for me. Like with my gooseberries, there's a critter that eats the gooseberry, just starts at the top and nibbles down all of the oh, leaves and God. denudes it. And it took oh. them a couple of years to finally see them because they're green, you know, right. and, but they, they, they finally saw them too. and then – now I nice. don't have problems with that anymore. Lovely. So pest control. Yeah, and that's, that's part their of job. their job. Yeah, that's part mm-hmm. of their job. So yeah. as far as I'm concerned, that is every bit as valuable as eggs, if not more so. Right. And if so, they can get rid of your morning glory, too. Oh, God, that would be such a that, – that would be such a blessing. Yes, because mm-hmm. digging that stuff out is a nightmare. And it comes back. It does. You leave like they, a little quarter-inch piece of root yep. in there, and next thing you know, you've got it like six foot of overgrown mm-hmm. glory, morning glory again. So. Yeah. yeah. So there are other things that I haven't figured out yet. Like I have not yet introduced Jasper to the chickens, mm-hmm. and I do have a, a vague plan for that. Which involves the chickens safely inside their run when Jasper comes out. Well, it's hopefully not muddy. Oh, you're not going to have like a a dinner at the table here and invite them all and just hope that they all get along. No, no. I've called this meeting and. Yes. (laughs) Yeah, it's not going to be a National Lampoon's family dinner. Thank you very much. All right, all right. Very good. (laughs) So I've got plans for that. Um, and, And that. I know with parrots, it's a gradual thing. Mm-hmm. So I'm assuming with chickens, you know, they may not live for 60 years, but they probably have long memories and, and little. The flock has yeah. a memory. And the flock has a memory. Yeah. Right. So, so, you know, you've got different generations within a flock and one, we, we, we've had that with ours is there's, there's like the grandmother at the time that teaches the other chickens what yep. to do and what not to do. And they all just pass it down. Yeah, yeah exactly. Now with yeah. dogs, some dogs are chicken killers. Right. And that's one of the things, that's part of why I've got a very gradual plan because I don't know how mine will react. Mm-hmm. I know how he reacts about cats. Right. Oh my God. 
and squirrels. Oh my God. Right. But I also see how he treats the parrot. And mm-hmm. even if she's been startled and she's on the ground and she's walking back, he gives her wide berth. Right. Yeah. You know, he does not, he doesn't mess with her. And he actually gets this look on his face like, oh my God. Oh my God. Are you Tear gonna be okay? Eyes out. Are you yeah. gonna be okay? I can't do anything about this. I'm worried. Yeah. You know, so he he's really awesome. careful with her, so I need to introduce him to the chickens with the same mentality. Right. And that, you know, he should be as careful around them because they've got shark beaks too. Sure. You know? Yeah, they can be a danger to each other. Yeah. I mean, all it takes is for him to get in there, grab hold of one, shake it, and you got a dead chicken or one yeah. that's very grievously injured. Yes. What about bees? That Are you going to put bees in there? I was entertaining the idea of a hive, but at this point, I'm thinking maybe not. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you can't have a hive within chicken level. Right. Because the chickens, as delicious as they are, bees are also delicious to mm-hmm. chickens. Right. So I, I I know people that put their brand new hive in and they put it right in the chicken run. And then as the bees oh. are coming out, just catching one on. after the other. Oh, it's like fast food. Exactly. Fast food. Yeah, it's just, it's just a, a little slot machine of, yeah. of fun for them. I could see that. So, yeah. Yeah, my thinking on that, if I do it, was maybe front yard. Mm-hmm. Hive in the front yard where I have my fruit trees, right? Which will eventually need pollinating anyway. Sure. And the the giant ugly blue bushes that are a favorite of the bees mm-hmm. in the spring because they they're just filled with whatever it is bees eat, yeah. nectar and pollen and stuff. Yeah. So and I have mason bees in my backyard, but they're way up high. Yeah. I mean they're six and a half feet. So yeah, they're 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 fine, and they yeah. you know my chickens will go through and eat bees when they find them on the calendula or whatever. But right, yeah, we also have happen. plans for we have a little fountain where the bees come in the summer. Oh yeah, and that is on the patio side of the Great Divide. Mm. <laughs> the plan for the Great Divide: we're going to build a wall. We're going to build, build a wall. wall. Build a wall. And the chickens are going to pay for it. <laughs> and the chickens. <laughs> 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 Yes, they will. <laughs> That's right. Oh, you guys. Too soon? Too soon? Too soon? Too soon. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I, have a, I have a vague plan for uh, actually a retractable fencing solution that will allow me to, when the chickens are free-ranging, they will have free range of half the yard. But the mm-hmm. other half where I have the raised beds in which I have asparagus planted, so I don't want them eating or digging in there. And mm-hmm. I have... One of them is all Mediterranean herbs that are probably not going to be problematic for chickens digging up. But one bed is asparagus and the other one has burnet in it. Mm -hmm. And I need to fill the other half of that. Mm -hmm. So I don't know what I'm putting in there yet. And I thought, well, if I let the chickens in here, I probably will just have a giant sandbox. That's right. (laughs) So I'm not going to do that. That's a free bag of dust for you. Yeah. (laughs) You know, I can sell that dust. That's right. (laughs) I wonder wonder what I can put on eBay. (laughs) That's right. Chicken scratch sand dust. dust. (laughs) So so yeah, that that was my plan is to keep the fountain on the safe side. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, That way the bees can still have access to it and not be afraid of Mm -hmm. chickens eating them while they're trying to drink. A lot of livestock don't have trouble with chickens. No. They can can coexist. Uh, (coughs) Horses, goats, et cetera, the bigger ones, they don't have trouble. But you start getting things that are about its size. Uh, Cats. Cats. uh, Geese. Geese. I did think about possibly getting a a goose as a A single goose for guarding the flock. Yep. And I've thought about getting a goose as a gosling, uh, you know, just newly hatched Mm -hmm. and trying that, get the broody chicken to 
right? Grow up this goose. Uh huh. Thinking that could be fun. All right. I don't know if it'll work. I, <laughs> uh, I love how Sue just shakes her head. No, you can't see geese, it, dear listeners. It's scary. It's scary. The way she rolls got, her eyes. And, she's got a bit of a thing about the goose. They're scary. They are very, they'll bruise you with their wings, they'll peck at you. Mm-hmm. That's what they'll do. I'm a black belt. All right. I fight back. I, I want this YouTube <laughs> video to be shown to the world when that happens. Yep. I have heard from other goose, like goose and poultry farmers, like on Modern Farmer and on Instagram. Mm-hmm. And I've asked them specifically, can you keep geese in a mixed flock with chickens? Mm-hmm. And the answer I got was if you have a really tiny flock, like I, and I told them I'm urban, so mm-hmm. it's going to be like three or four chickens. They said, you know, if you keep just one goose, that goose will adopt whatever flock of birds you have, whether it's ducks, whether it's chickens, it doesn't matter, and will become the guardian of the flock. Mm -hmm. If you have more than one goose, they will decide they are a flock and everybody else can just get the hell out. Mm, (laughs) Good to know. So that's why I have the idea of the single goose. Mm -hmm. And then my idea was possibly getting some ducklings. Okay. So, but I'm not sure because right now I'm more interested in making sure that the flock I have is well established, that we've right. got a good relationship. Well, I think know, that, that's good. happening. When you were talking about doing that, that's another, you know, five, six weeks away yeah. uh, before you want to add that um, dimension to it. And at least, you know, if you do have the chicks and we are able to do that, that'll probably be better than the last time that we did it where we had the chicks in the. We raised them in. Pool yeah, in we raised right. them in the living room. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. And then eventually they started getting out. Right. And mm-hmm. then the basset hounds were concerned about that. Right. They were yeah. trying to back away. Right. <laughs> well, a goose is big. You'd yeah. have to physically change your space if you brought a goose in because yeah. it couldn't fit through the little door and there right. certainly wasn't. Yeah, a goose would no require a different. Big. Yeah. Um, big, so I'm big, not. Big. I mean, there are some geese breeds that are actually relatively small. Mm-hmm. They're like large duck size. Mm-hmm. But it's still we have we have a space made for Orpingtons, so right. large chickens, but not massive New Jersey right. giants. Right, you know? they're mostly feather. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, but what I've read and heard from duck people is that a coop the size that we have, assuming they have plenty of run space, so the mm-hmm. coop size that we have is plenty for four birds, four chickens, and they have the roosting bars in there. Mm-hmm. The ducks will not sleep on the roosting bars because they don't roost. No, no. They'll sleep on the ground. And in this particular configuration on this coop, the roosting bars are in one spot. Then there's sort of a little space and then there's the nesting boxes. And in the little space, that would be enough to fit three ducks comfortably. So it's realistic. Assuming, assuming the chickens let the ducks in. Assuming, yeah. And that's why I thought of the idea of getting ducklings. If one of my chicken, one of my hens gets broody getting ducklings to slip under her because mm-hmm. if she if you do it at the right time i understand if you wait till they're broody and then give them i think i read in one one of the books it said about 18 days or so and then you slip the chicks in at that point then whether you're doing chickens or whatever that that she'll there's a very good chance she'll accept them as her own mm-hmm. and you just kind of slide the eggs eggs or fake eggs out Mm-hmm. Put the broody chicken or the chicks or in. the golf balls or the golf <laughs> balls exactly mm-hmm. fake eggs yeah right? exactly and then but so that's what I was thinking I was like well if I try this I could try it with ducks potentially and then that coop would be large enough if I add more chickens I don't know that my coop is large enough right so I don't want to add more chicks mm-hmm. 
but I do. So it's hard, you know. I just <laughs> well, this is week too one. Too much this time. This is week looking. one. You don't it's have that, to do it all it's now. It's that poultry breeds book. Oh yeah, I should not be reading that. Yes. That is bad for me. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> she'll, she'll choose the most esoteric, hard to find, a silky breed, and I'll have to drive three hundred miles to get these three eggs. You know, yeah. That's what she always does. That's to me. what we did with the mm-hmm. get the runner ducks. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you got one of those Indian runner ducks. Yeah, yeah we had to drive. Those were hilarious. To Corval- outside of Corvallis. Yeah, it was like, like a two hour drive. Duck, yeah. heart pencil. Yeah. You know, yeah. just to get the duck eggs and the ducks or the ducks, the ducklings. Mm-hmm. Oh. Okay. So the last thing that I wanted to make sure we remembered to bring up was our fire cider, which can be oh, used yes. in chick water. It can be used in chick water. And pulled water mm-hmm. and chicken water. That's right. Yeah. So, uh, if you're just putting like the, the general formula is one teaspoon per eight ounces, you know, and that's so one teaspoon of fire cider, fire cider for eight, ounces, eight of ounces of water. water. So right. if I'm like my, my waterer is probably about two gallons mm-hmm. or so. Oh yeah. Yeah. You do have a big one. Yeah. It's a larger one. So for that one, I'd probably put in maybe at most, let's see, 16 tablespoons in a cup. I guess so. So, and how many gallons there are four pint or four quarts that means eight pints do you fill that up entirely with water no yeah because that's the other thing is you you, think about how many so for one gallon of water uh how much cider fire cider would i put in there about i don't know a lot you said a tablespoon a teaspoon a teaspoon per eight ounces yeah and there is 60 let's see 128 ounces per gallon okay so you're saying you put a gallon in there so 128 divided by eight is is, is one a lot a lot 16 yeah. 16 <laughs> so 16 eight, teaspoons 16, yeah. 16 teaspoons yeah and i do, i can't translate so that's that about into like five a, tablespoons five okay. and okay. so five tablespoons is roughly fourth of the cup a half yeah, third oh, yeah, of, fourth a third of, of a cup. A is third three. of a cup is, is three. three. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's sixteen tablespoons per cup. I think so, yeah. Sixteen yeah, tablespoons per cup. Oh, sixteen. per cup. I would put a so slosh a in there. That's so, what yeah, I would that's do. What I, was I would do a slosh. Like, it sounds to me like it's somewhere in the neighborhood of a quarter of a cup per right. gallon, yeah. roughly. And it, I mean, you probably can tell if your chickens don't want to drink it, you put too much in. Right. So sure. put a little less next time until you find a point where they're willing to drink it. Yeah. It's like the, the, uh, I put in, the, what is that called? The, um, uh, Fourth Eves. Yeah. There the fourth Eves vinegar. Yeah. We had the change of the season when things were getting mucky. I'd throw that in there. Yeah, and that just clean things out. But I, I have a, also an issue with these giant, containers of water for very small animals right because it's just going to sit and sit and sit and sit and sit and then it gets slimy yeah our water respiratory distress is an issue for birds right our waterer we we have it out and i've been changing it like every three to four days Mm -hmm. you know i'm just checking it's cold out right now right as it gets warmer i'll be changing it a lot more frequently and i probably won't fill it all the way yeah i'll probably fill it you know a quarter of the way does yours hang up or does it sit down it hangs hangs okay because my that's my thing also is as mine's sitting down so it gets poo and whatever in there stuff on there yeah yeah bird confetti yeah we'll call it so I have to fill, you know, I'm dumping it out anyway. Chick yeah. Deco. Chick Deco, that's right. <laughs> Jackson Pollock. <laughs> but yeah, I'm sloshing so, that one out there a lot. And it's just not, you've got to have clean water. 
So all of these That's folks out here, part. all of you who participated in World Fire Cider Making Day, mm-hmm. you can, when your fire cider is ready, which mm-hmm. is going to be about the time when chicks come in to the feed stores, you can be like thinking about maybe using some of that for your chicks. Right. Yeah. Potentially. That's right. Yeah. And if you got the pasty butt. You can put, yeah. you can soak a rag in the warm water that you're using to to take the poo off of them, and put just a dash of fire cider on there to make sure they don't get a that's nasty smart. infection. And Actually, you can watch them run smart. really, really fast. Yeah, okay. <laughs> we hold the little things and then put the put the rag against their butt like a little diaper. And it's good to be, to have it in a dark room because they will calm down. They are diurnal yes. animals, so yes. they will they do respond to light. Birds in general, yeah. if you're like traveling with them, for instance, it's good mm-hmm. to put a towel or uh, something to cover it. Nice and romantic it lighting. Yeah. yeah, it makes it darker, <laughs> and it and then they can't see everything around them. And yeah, if they yeah. can't see as much, they'll they'll be more likely to calm down. There, yes, it calms their nervous system. Very true. But yeah, I know people that have used the the fire cider and and or the four thieves to rinse pe- their their little legs in the summer to make sure they don't get the mites. You know, there's Makes all sense. kinds of stuff that you can do. Yeah. yeah. But I just love having chickens and I and I welcome a, a fellow chicken lover into into the fold. Into, into the, the flock. flock. Into, into the, the flock. flock. Into the flock. So you're Candice, you're putting together a chicken resource page? Yes, I am. I'm putting a, together a chicken resource page for our Herbal Nerd Society folks. Great. Mm-hmm. So if you're a member, you'll see that. That'll have all the books and links and all the articles curated into one convenient page. Yes. Right? Yes. Excellent. And, and hopefully at some point we will actually do Chick Chat. I think that'd be Chick fun. Chick Chat. Yep. I've actually looked at the um, domain names as we were talking. There are some available. Oh. <laughs> now out. I just have to get the uh, server and, and streaming yeah, budget. Well, yeah, it's, coming. Uh, it's coming. Uh, so <laughs> if you want articles that are curated like the Chicken Resources or – the herb of the month, or you want to uh, hear chick chat? Chick chat. You want us to develop or, that? Yeah, go, let us know if let you want us to develop that. Yeah, if, I'd you love know, that. We, we might do that. Mm-hmm. So you can comment on our show notes about this to uh, this particular podcast, and we want the comments to start. We want that to conversation to start happening on our website. You can give us a testimonial on iTunes. That would be great. That always helps people find us. Uh, there's Facebook on our Facebook group. We have what 2,500 members now. Of our, Is that right? Yeah, likes. Our likes or whatever you call it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, so there's a great place to start a conversation. You might get other people uh, in on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you could buy books or ebooks on Amazon. Talk uh, to us on Twitter. Share your chicken mm-hmm. stories on like on Instagram. We'd love to have a hashtag the Practical Herbalist. Uh, we're probably going to be looking at doing a company Instagram soon. We just don't haven't done it yet. Just one of many things on the list. Yes. It's a long list. <laughs> it's a long list and there's three of us. So uh, anything else? Candace? Oh, yeah. See? There's a long list. There's three of us. You can help us out by joining the Herbal Nerd Society mm-hmm. because those that funding definitely helps fuel what we're doing. That's right. You can also look at doing a sponsorship on Podbean. Yeah. Podbean right. You can sponsor us on Podbean. And share us. And share right. Share. Hey, sure. in, if sure. you're an herbal company or um, a health and wellness product or something that you know you hear us talk about on the show, contact us. We'll put an ad on our show. Mm-hmm. We'll totally add. We, we sell ads. We have mm-hmm. ad space. Yeah. So that's do. another way that, that you can support the Practical Herbalist. Mm-hmm. Send samples of stuff in. If you're sending a book, send two. 
<laughs> See, you keep Review. trying. You keep, you keep trying. trying. I, I will because it is a lot easier. If you read it, it is a lot easier because there's two of us. We yes. don't live in the same household. No, we don't. And we both read them cover to cover. Yeah, oh, I understand. So. It's a lot easier. I get that, but you know, it's just not the status quo. I'm sorry, I'm not into sharesies. <laughs> <laughs> this show is brought to you by Occupy Medical. Free integrated healthcare for all, Sundays 12 to 4 in downtown Eugene, Oregon. 303-529-5555.